Welcome to We Could All Use Some Therapy, the podcast hosted by two friends who also happen to be therapists. With over 30 years of combined experience, we'll discuss why people go to therapy, why they don't, and the systems they navigate. While our podcast is about therapy, it is in fact not your therapy. No information in this podcast should be considered a substitute for treatment. Please seek out a professional mental health provider for your own support. Hi, Joe. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. We're back talking about loneliness. loneliness. <laughs> and we're back on Zoom. Unfortunately, uh, not unfortunately, but I am back in California. Fortunately, not hanging out with you anymore, but we had a lot of fun. Yeah, that was great. It was nice recording on my couch together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Need a knee. But yes, I'm Jill. I'm a therapist in California. I'm Isabel. I'm a social worker, a therapist in New York City. And last episode, we kind of introduced the concept of loneliness because of the Surgeon General report that came out um, a couple of months ago, just talking about, you know, what the epidemic of loneliness is like. And, you know, some of the very strange statistics such as loneliness is as bad for you as 15 cigarettes a day, which is just kind of a, it's it's just, yeah, it's a strange, it's a, it's a, it's a wild statistic for sure. So we, uh, with maybe some tangents sprinkled in because that's how we do it, uh, wanted to talk about, uh, specifically, friendships because uh, I don't know about you Isabel when you were kind of looking through the uh, 83 page document but something that really stuck out to me was the national trends for social connection so in the report one of the things they talked about was just how everyone's connections generally are decreasing um, and they kind of went through a bunch of different scenarios but one of the things that really struck me was how much um friendships had decreased and how much time i guess is how they measured it is how much time people were not spending with friends and so the reference was that there was a decrease 20 hours a month of social engagement with friends and so you know as a as a nation we are spending 20 hours a month less with our friends than we were um in 2003 which is when the measurement starts so from 2003 to 2020 um time spent alone increased so a little bit of that of course is is covid related but just the tail end Mm -hmm. so that was just really that really grabbed my attention yeah i feel like there is definitely the layer of covid and then just bigger picture, I feel like there's, I, I feel like there's already been conversation of, I hear it a lot, actually. I hear people say like, as you get older, it's harder to make friends. It's harder to keep friends. Yeah. It's harder to maintain friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's so many different reasons for it. I think that there's the, um, it's not so different in my opinion from like romantic relationships. You know, mm-hmm. there's still the idea that you meet at a certain point based in some kind of commonality, shared interest, shared identity, shared physical space. And then as you move through life, you grow 
hopefully. <laughs> and you <laughs> can grow together, you can grow apart. If you grow apart, can you grow apart in a way that um, still keeps the friendship together? Um, and then I think there's also, does something happen that disrupts the friendship? Um, some kind of conflict, relocation, a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like there's all different kinds of reasons for for it to shift. Well, yeah, people talk a lot about how it becomes harder to make friends as you get older. I mean, do we just become closed off a-holes as we get older? <laughs> like, are we just grouchy? It's a good question. I, I mean, I too have, you know, gotten older just like anybody. <laughs> I mean, a little. Um, gotten older just like anybody else. But yeah, that's sort of the conventional wisdom. Like, it's harder to make friends as you get older. Um there was a uh, a similar podcast that I just recently listened to talking about the similar thing. And the question was asked, you know, when was the easiest time for you to make friends? And they had said, which I totally agreed with. They had said um, like the first week that you go away to school, whether it's college or grad school or, or that you go away and you move out of the house. And um, because everybody is very excited you know, it's kind of like when you have people all kind of equally on board and excited and open, it's just like friendships are just left and right, or at least like connections and relationships are starting. And that seemed like the easy time to make friends, which I definitely related to. I mean, for me, my first week in college was like, I've never met so many people as I did that first like month of college. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that, right? It's like, I I think going back to the idea of a shared experience, right? Mm Is like, you're all, and so, right, this is when we're talking, if we're we're talking about college, right, Mm -hmm. or graduate school. And so you're starting that and, you know, um, most likely everyone's in the same position where you're in, in a new place at a new time and everyone's looking to connect. Uh, But, you know, if you, start a job or if you know there's all different I guess my point is that's not uh it's it could be a very specific experience that doesn't apply to everybody yeah and so if you're someone who didn't go to college Mm -hmm. or who transferred right if you transferred no that makes sense it that shared experience piece I think is really the key so yeah like for me personally going up to college was you know, was that, was that time, but it's different. Like if you go into work, like not everybody's starting a job on the same day, mm-hmm. right. If that were the case, that shared experience would be there. So, um, you know, I, I had a job in New York where a lot of pe it was a relatively new school. And so mm-hmm. there was a lot of people, my age, all kind of starting within like three, four or five years of each other. And so there was a lot of like socializing and people became friends really quickly. And because of that kind of shared experience, but that was a unique experience, I think. But yeah, I think, you know, just to kind of go back to previously though, is that what is it about becoming an adult and it, again, the conventional wisdom of it is harder to make friends as you get older. Like, do you agree with that? Yeah. Well, so from the last conversation, I was thinking about when uh, when I started at the school that I worked at for a long time. So as a school that's always growing and also with the the turnover that I think happens in education across the board, we had we hired 
pretty consistently every year we hired more and more people. So mm-hmm. each year there was a cohort that started together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like 10 to 15 people. And I would say like uh, con- pretty consistently that cohort really stuck together. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a tight friendship that started. Um, and so I do think it's this idea that like you're starting something together that's new, that could be scary. It's at the same time. And I think like, as you get older, you start different things at different times. Like even like thinking about clients I have that are having kids, right. Or getting married, right. Like for some people, all their friends are getting married at the same time. So that becomes like another layer. And there are some people that are doing it all different times. And so that could become like a disconnect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's another thing too, that I noticed just in my own, I got married when I was 30 and kind of from like 25 to 35 is sort of that age where a lot of my friends did get married. And I remember people saying to me that they were surprised that they still saw me as much as they did. I don't know (laughs) if you ever said that to me at one point, but, and I always said that that was so strange that when you get, you know, you get in a relationship or you get married or, you know, however it goes that people just like disappear and they don't hang out with their friends anymore. And then that becomes even more so, you know, when people have kids, like I remember going to this like incredibly cringy, so terrible, like mom social when I first moved to California because I was desperate and I had no friends. And I just remember this one woman sitting next to me saying like, well, you know, when you have kids, you don't really see your friends anymore. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) I was like, I can't, I can't stay. I have to go. Um, And yeah, there's this, this thing where you just, it becomes almost the self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, well, you don't see your friends anymore. So I guess that's over. Mm-hmm. And I've always tried really hard to push up against that and to push back on that. But it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely a thing. It's most definitely a thing. Yeah, well, I think there's two versions of it, right? There's maybe like the person you're just talking about. Um, I have kids, I have my partner, and now I just don't have time to socialize or I'm not making time to socialize. And then I think there's the other version of it where it's like, I do have time to socialize, but it's going to be with other people who are going through something similar. And I think some of that can be like an active choice that gets made. And some of it, I can see how it would happen organically, right? Like Mm -hmm. if, if I just had a child and I have friends who have children, I'm going to reach out to them more than my friends who don't have children because they're not going to be able to support me in the same way. They can't mm-hmm. give me advice. They can't like relate to what I'm going through. Um, and so, you know, there's only so much time you have. And so if it starts to focus more in one area, it's going to be less than another area. No, it's true. I think you do gravitate towards people who are, again, going through that shared experience with you. And that can be a really great way to bond with somebody. And it can be a really great way to you know, to be able to get that support and get that and, and relate in that way. I still don't really understand the, when you obtain a partner, you don't see your friends anymore though. That one I've never understood. I don't know why people need to spend all of their time with their partner. I don't know. That's just me. I, my husband and I would kill each other if we were together all the time, but I just, yeah. that one I don't get. I know we're getting off on a little bit of a tangent, but that one I don't understand. Well, yeah, I guess to the point of the tangent, I so we're I think we're talking about two things. We're talking about how hard it is to make friends and how hard it is to keep friends. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what happened in the last 13 years? And I mean, I I don't have data before 13 years, before Mm -hmm. 2003, but what was it in comparison to all the other relationships we have, you know, people in our family, um, you know, coworkers, like that sort of thing. What was it about friendships that, and not to be cynical about it, but that was so, that was so expendable. Like that's the first thing that goes. Right. Well, I, I, for me, the first thing that comes to mind is technology slash social media. And I feel like that could work in both directions, right? Like intuitively you would think uh, the more you have access to uh, social media, the more you connect. But I think that's not always the case. One, you could be spending so much time on social media, not in an interactive way. And then you're, you're not connecting and it's also keeping you from connecting with people around you because your face is always in your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing, well, I guess this is the other thing I was thinking about is, I mean, we were in New York City. If you live in a, if you live somewhere that tends to be more homogeneous and that's all you have access to, those are going to be the friendships you have. But if social media and technology uh expand your access to people who might have more of a shared identity with you, um, then you, you know, you might be, it might be easier to give up the friendships that, that you had, which I think is similar to like, when you grow up, you know, you're in elementary school, middle school, high school with the same people, like that's who you have. So you Mm -hmm. have those friendships. And then once you maybe start a job or go away to college, you have access to different people and, uh, you can, I think there's more variety and, uh, I think it makes you look at your earlier relationships a little bit differently. Yeah. And we've talked about this a little, what you said about how, you know, if, if you live in a smaller place and especially if like, maybe you don't look like a lot of the people that you live with, like the internet and, and, you know, social media and all that can be a really good outlet for that. We had talked about that in terms of finding a therapist uh, remotely and finding somebody who maybe isn't in your area as a really, really good resource so that you're able to connect in a way that maybe you couldn't in person, which I do think is really important and um, can be really a really positive experience for people. Well, in your experience, have you found it harder to make friends as an adult as opposed to like 20 years ago? Yeah, I definitely have. I mean, like earlier on, I think it was more about shyness that mm-hmm. made it difficult. Now I don't feel like it's shyness. I feel like it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. There's like, I feel like it, when I was younger, it was like, I maybe considered myself in terms of like one or two different identities. And that's what I was looking to connect with other people on. But now there, I I know myself so much better and I have so many different interests and things that I care about. It feels harder to find people I connect with on those things. Does that make sense? Hmm. Is it harder to find one person that connects on all of those things or just find anyone that connects with any of those things? Such a good question. Definitely the first one, I guess, even thinking about the second one, right? So like, I, I like drawing. So there's a ton of stuff you can do in New York city that I found that I can go to, but unless you consistently go regularly and you can't, you you're like with the same people and you go out of your way to connect with them, 
it doesn't it doesn't happen as organically as I feel like it used to. Isabel said she likes drawing. Isabel's actually a beautiful artist. Oh, she's thank you. she's being modest. She's a very good <laughs> drawer. Good figure drawing. I remember the story where you went, you did like drawing like nude figures. Mm-hmm. And I posted yeah. on Instagram and you made a joke about uh I shouldn't be posting the naked drawings of people. <laughs> did I? I don't remember that. You sure did. <laughs> that sounds like something I would You were do. right. <laughs> To and be as fair, it turns out. <laughs> to be fair, it was a drawing and their faces weren't in it. So I think they're safe, <laughs> but it was a fair point. Okay, uh, anyway. How about you? I have not found it personally that difficult to make friends as I've gotten older. And I don't say that to be I don't I don't a jerk, an arrogant jerk. I don't know. I I don't think it's that hard for me to make friends. I think that um, I put a lot of effort into keeping in touch with people and trying to like light fires under people to hang out and to do things. It I sometimes it does feel like like you do you know how sometimes you feel like you're you're the one always sending the text messages out, which is okay because I know that I have to kind of overcorrect for what we're talking about. Like people are busy. They're super, like in my circle of friends, people are like super focused on their kids. And it's not that I'm not focused on my kids, but I just feel like it's, it's just it, for whatever reason, it just feels a little bit different, but that um, I, I do feel like I, I kind of take on the responsibility um, not all the time, but often of like gathering people because I like to, and, and, and I really, I really do like it. And I like getting people together and like doing things. And, um, but I, I, as that person who tries to assemble people a lot, I have noticed over, you know, the past, however many years that you really have to like get people early and you have to pester people. But then once they get there, they always have a great time. And they're, they're like, so happy that we got together, but it's just like, there is there's a cultural pull and it's not just the people I know there is a cultural as we can see from like looking at the chart I'm looking at on my screen right now that this is a thing people don't people just don't do it as often um I think you operate more practically than I do um and you do you uh I think you don't personalize it so like Mm -hmm. you will like continue to do the like pushing and the the effort you put into keeping in touch and like coordinating getting people to show up and and you know guilting and shaming people when they have 100 percent which i appreciate um <laughs> but uh yeah i think that i i tend to take things more personally i think that's the other thing that was coming up for me about friendships now is like I think I have this way of looking at them that I I, I want them to serve me in all these particular ways, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think I'm quicker to like get frustrated or feel like a friendship's not serving me and distance myself mm-hmm. um, rather than just looking at it more practically. Um, I think I'm more sensitive. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think that we all know lots of, different kinds of people and I think you know I have my I have my group of friends of the parents 
of the kids that my kids go to school with. And I have my group of friends from my preschool years of my kids. And then I have, you know, my work friends. And then I, I have my kind of other work friends. You and then I have so many friends. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm incredibly likable, Isabel. Uh, <laughs> and then I have my New York friends, my best of best of, of course. Um, my New York friends are like mixed in with my childhood friends, which makes that a very strong group. And then I have my friends from my old job and, you know, so, but I also think that I also recognize I, I don't have like one person who can spend, I can spend all of my time with, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that, yeah, being realistic that some people are really busy and I am just really happy to catch someone like once every six months for mm-hmm. like grabbing dinner together um and I never really thought about it this way but like not having these like really unrealistic expectations that like we're gonna get you know we're gonna go out and and get dinner like every you know whatever day every other week and and all that stuff because people are busy and they got stuff to do and they have you know families and jobs and businesses and and extended family and all that stuff and and so I think that having those expectations, you know, has, has helped me. Cause I could see getting some hurt feelings like, okay, we're not making time for me. Um, I could definitely, I could definitely see that. Well, I think it also depends geography. I'm sure, I'm sure plays a big part in it and, and lifestyle and life situation, right? Like if you live in the suburbs and you have kids, then like you were saying, like relationships with other kids' parents, just there's like a routine that happens, right? Whereas if you don't have kids or if you live in a city, I think people move around more. Um, There's not the same thing holding people in the same routines where you just continue to see each other. So I think there's more, there's more shift that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think all the things we're talking about, it's interesting. All the things we're talking about, I think are more specific to life right? Like getting older, your life changing, but we're not really able to figure out what it is about that time period that things change, right? And again, like you said, we don't have access to what happened, you know, 25 years before that and before that. Um, Yeah. Is there something specific that happened over the last like 20 years? I think we're all really working really hard to build our resumes you know, and our kids' resumes. And I think that that's something that I definitely see devotion, just just from my perspective, like the devotion to one's family and to work and to children or, or to parents or extended family. And then like all of their activities and your kids' schools and, and stuff like that. Um, and just like the hustle of, of work, I think just is very encompassing. And I think that friendships can feel like extra Mm -hmm. if you can. I think that it's just really important to maintain friendships, Mm -hmm. um, and to maintain friendships, new friendships that you've made because of your newer shared interests and experiences and then if you know if it's something that you want to maintain friendships from when you were younger too um Mm -hmm. but it's work it's effort yeah 
It's definitely working of effort. When I moved from New York to California, the thing that made me the most miserable was not having my friends here. I remember. And oh yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. And I would talk to people who were like, oh my God, I just love it here. Isn't it great? And I'm like, no, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. And it wasn't that I hated where I was. I just felt so lonely. I was just miserable. And yeah, you didn't have your people. Which is why I was going to these horrible mixers with these <laughs> like I won't talk badly about people, but just really save that hard. for another episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was miserable. It made such a difference when I started making friends and I started to find people that I had shared experiences with it just like made such a huge difference in my life and I had like a I have a great relationship with my husband and I had my daughter and I became pregnant with my son and all of that so that was all fine but I needed the friendship part too for that to be complete yeah it's a, it's just a different relationship um yeah it's interesting because I feel like I've had a lot of friends and you know family members move and have that experience of starting somewhere new and yeah it's like hard as an adult to make friends like we're talking about and then I feel like I had the same in reverse I've always lived in except from college I'm from New York I've always been in New York and I'm finding myself similarly in a place where I'm needing to make new friends and it's not because I left it's because everyone else left (laughs) yeah Um, but also like you change and yeah, it's it's interesting to be at this point in my life and be trying to rebuild friendships and community. And I am through conversations with other people. I'm not finding myself to be the only one in that position. Absolutely not. Which is weird. Yeah. I mean, I, then you see people who, I don't know, maybe part of it is living in the city again, but like you, people I know who don't live in a city and they really like, they stay with the same friendships that nothing really changes um yeah it's interesting it's a little sad I feel sad for me yeah I mean Isabel you have amazing qualities I think so too if anyone wants to be my friend email us at we could all use some friends at gmail.com do you think that's actually a dress an address if it's not I'm gonna start it so I get those emails Isabel, I can remember feeling an instant connection with you when you followed me into the bathroom <laughs> that first day I met you. All jokes aside, though, it was like an instantaneous, mm-hmm. like, what the hell is up with this girl? Mm-hmm. I like her. She's <laughs> weird, but I like her. Her sarcasm is so heavy that I am just like, I am right there with her. Like, where the hell do we work? What are we doing? We could just go home and no one would even know it. I mean, it was like, you are very good at connecting with people. Um, Aww, thank you. But um, it's funny though. I I remember, you know, being here and sort of starting to, you know, meet people and mix with people. And of course it's like dating, right? Like I'm very nervous and what they think of me. Mm-hmm. And I just remember hitting a point where I'm like, you know what? If If I'm too much for somebody, then like, they're going to find that out eventually. And I would rather them know right up front (laughs) than waste everyone's time. And then if they decide that I'm not for them, like that's fine. But 
I just remember having this moment and again, leaving all of my friends behind from New York and coming and having a brand new slate when I was 38 years old and having to start all over again, just having this thought of like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. And I'm just going to, you know, kind of be my unfiltered self. And if people don't respond to it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You sure and- have. And I mean, you know, I'm not for everyone, but what well, that's what I appreciate. <laughs> that is actually what I appreciate most about you, your unfilteredness. I, oh, I, thank you. the more filtered people are, the more uncomfortable I am around them. And it's not that I'm not never filtered. Um, actually I was somewhere recently where I was very awkward and like came home and laughed at myself, but, um, <laughs> Just in general, like I just respond better when people are a little more unfiltered. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I get frustrated when people aren't. I think that's the, that, you know, that might be hitting another point for me is mm. when you first meet someone, just as people, we like are more filtered, we're more nervous, we're more like reserved. And I hate that. I like mm. can't, I find it very hard to be patient through that until we can get to the point where like the wall comes down and we can connect. Maybe that's why I suck at dating too. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I find myself very impatient at the early stage of like a new friendship or relationship. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's just, let's cut to it. Come on. Yeah. Can we cut the get crap in there. and just, yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't have to, I didn't have to be patient with you. Like day one, you were just no. like, <laughs> well, cause we were also just so over it. We're like, what the hell is going yes. on? It was just like this ridiculous agency with this crazy shared experience where, and and I was like sitting in an office alone for several days, like staring out the window, like hoping somebody would come knock on my door. And then it was you. As it turned out, it was you. I was like, this situation can't possibly get any weirder. So I might as well just go for it with this girl, whoever she is. Yeah, I will say that I think that just personally, the two things that have helped me is one, I lived overseas when I was a kid and I we had constant turnover of people moving in and out of the country. And I just had to like learn how to make remake friends every year, basically, when I was starting from when I was eight years old to when I was in like, you know, almost high school. And then my mom has always been a really good model for friendship at all ages, you know, whether she was 30, 50 or 70 has always managed to make friends and has, you know, and maintained some and and maybe not others, but has always been able to, to make friends. And so I think of her when I think about like, oh, it's really hard to make friends as an adult, which I think it legitimately is. But I also think about her that it's like, but it's not impossible. You know, it is, it is possible. It just might, you just might have to like shift your perspective a little bit. Mm, um, mine too. My mom's yeah. really, yeah, I actually, you're right. Like pretty consistently, like she has this one friend that's from childhood. Mm-hmm. They're still friends. Um, and then she had this core group of friends from when my brother and I were little and mm-hmm. they all had kids the same age. It was like my brother's age. And they're still friends, even though they all live in different places now. And then my mom relocated to California a few years ago. And she just, and she made friends there. But my mom is very uh, open. Yeah. You know, like my mom will go to like a Zumba class and like turn to the person next to her and just start talking to them and then be like, hey, 
do you want to have coffee after this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not quite that friendly. Um, you're definitely not. Neither am I. <laughs> but our mom should meet. I'm not. I that know. Friendly. Yeah. I know, right? Maybe it's like a baby boomer thing because Maybe. technology isn't as much of a thing. Or I don't know. I'm just making that up. Yeah, I feel like I'm more like uh, I'll look at the person next to me in the Zumba class and like make a joke mm-hmm. and then laugh and then we'll have a connection and then I'll like run away really quickly. Right. And then maybe if you're in a class four five, six, seven more times, and then maybe you'll have like a half conversation with them. Right. And then, but they have to do it first. Be like, you asked me, you asked me for coffee. Exactly. I'm not doing it. Scary. It is. It is. No, it definitely can be. So, um, I mean, I think, I think the moral of the story is, is that you know, friendships are really important and it, it makes sense that that is a big contributor to this loneliness epidemic that we're, that we're talking about and, and interested in. And, um, that I think that you need lots of different people in your life. And that I think don't disregard how important friendships are. Cause I think that that, I think we're even finding that on like a level where we're talking about it parallel to disease right Mm -hmm. and so I just I think it's I think it's important those connections are important yeah yeah it takes work which is annoying because you you I feel like I look at it as something that I want to just be easy and accessible and it's Mm -hmm. not at least Mm -hmm. not for me um this was plentiful uh plentiful yeah, I feel like this is, uh, what's a better word for all over the place? I feel like so many different things came up. Maybe that just points to what a large uh, overarching idea this is and that there's so many pieces of it to look at and talk about. Like how it shows up in therapy. Oh, yeah. I guess we should link this to therapy, huh? Connection. Connection, Connection. is important. <laughs> that's what that's what I teach in therapy. They did, are, are you connecting with people? No? Okay, let's talk about that. Let's <laughs> talk about why that's hard. But, you know, you even, you know, you talked about why why it's hard, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's like shyness or even actually wanting to be vulnerable, but like the other person isn't vulnerable. You're like, well, I'm not gonna be vulnerable. You be vulnerable first. Totally. <laughs> let's have a vulnerable game of chickens. <laughs> totally. You first. <laughs> you talk about your life first. You bear your soul first no you do it damn it <laughs> can't be friends bye never coming to zumba again i also feel like as a therapist like my default is to listen so i do yeah. that and this is how i set myself up for failure in friendships is that mm. my default is to listen so i ask mm-hmm. questions i listen I ask more questions and i listen and then at the end i'm like well what the hell you didn't ask me anything which is I my fault yeah but also you know is it all your fault no it's not fully my fault some people just don't care well and I've definitely had these conversations where I'm like wow I know a whole lot about you and you don't know anything about me which maybe after this conversation is okay because maybe I don't want to have another one with you but man I learned a lot about you and I'm not even getting paid for it pro bono god but i will be stealing 20 dollars from your bag later so exactly exactly just a tiny little fee (laughs) so when you're talking to me you better ask me how my day was everyone take notes all of you out there who are going to email me to be my friend make sure you ask me (laughs) questions 
you can submit your application to we could all use some therapy at gmail.com thank you bye thank you for listening to this episode of we could all use some therapy we hope that you found some of the content relevant and uh, we'd love to hear from you so if you have any thoughts or ideas you want to share with us feel free to email us at we could all use some therapy at gmail.com the longest email address in existence we would love to hear from you and uh, use your questions and thoughts for future episodes hope to see you again soon bye